One of my favorite deeper dives of 2023 was the one we did with Nurse Nikki on the new mastitis protocol. We got so many great questions and comments during the deeper dive from all those who attended live. Shout out to Naomi, who told us at the end that she was going to fix all her care plans right away. Same, Naomi. Use the link in the show notes to subscribe and have monthly live access to all of our deeper dives, as well as all of our recordings going all the way back to January of 2020. You don't want to miss out on this. And we can't wait to see you at the next deeper dive. I'm Annie. And I'm Leah. And this is Lactation Business Coaching with Annie and Leah, where we talk about the smart way to create a compassionate and professional private practice. Let's dive in. Hey, Leah. Hey, Annie. How are you doing? I am good. It's great to talk to you again. I always look forward to our chats. I know. It's my favorite time because I just get to talk shop with somebody else. I love it so much. What do you guys have going on there this the lately? What's been going on for you? Well, I just came back from a conference, uh, Continuing Education, which, oh my gosh, talk about lactation consultant heaven because I was surrounded Ooh, by them it. and staying with four other lactation consultants. Oh, Airbnb. wow. Did y'all sleep at all? No, of course I'm not. pretty I'm sure you did. It was it was crazy, and I go to bed early, but not not, not, not this weekend. <laughs> ton of stuff, and I've been trying to implement it in my consults, so that's been slowing me down, which is good. Uh, yeah. Implementing these new uh, new things that I've learned, so, so that's, adjusting adjusting workflow is what you're working yeah. on. <laughs> that's it's hard. I, I like to do things the same way every time, and now I'm yes. stuff, and my consults are going a little longer, but it's all good. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're getting to incorporate new things. That's the beautiful thing about our work is we're just constantly growing. And what are you up to these days? Yeah. So I kind of a fun story. I personally, my babies were gigantic babies. And if you've ever met me, I'm not a gigantic person, but (laughs) for some reason, nature decided that I was going to create giant babies. And so two of my boys were actually 16 pounds at two months checkup. So, you know, that's pretty big. And I don't see a lot of babies that are that big, but boy, this week I had a great big chunky little boy and it was so fun because reminded me so much of my own babies and just gave me some nice little flashbacks of big squishy babies. So as I was laying them on the scale, I was just kind of picturing in my mind, like I remember when my boys felt just giant breaking my arms, but also so squishy and, oh, and that's so cute. So fun. It's just the beauty of our work is that uh, takes us back to those just such precious moments. And it really gives you appreciation for this time that you're in this family's life. And um, I know people so, ask me, they're like, your job must be so fun because you get to play with babies all the time. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> I know. Awesome. I, yeah. I love it so much. I know. I always giggle that like, cause I have four kids. So I'm like, my husband loves that I have this job. Cause I'm pretty sure I would have been begging him for like, I don't know, maybe <laughs> 10 more babies, but now I get lots of good baby fixes and, and then get to pass them back and be done. So yep, it's awesome. So today's episode, we are talking about the Goldilocks paradox of lactation consultants and private practice. The 
oh my gosh, I'm too busy. Oh my gosh, I'm too slow. <laughs> and all and the emotions. Having a panic attack about this because <laughs> it's so triggering to think about the slow time. Yes. I know, I know, I know. I'm I'm totally with you there. But I hope that we can share some of our own personal experiences and just kind of how we handle these situations. Yeah, I, oh my gosh, where to even begin? I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know which is worse when I'm so busy that I feel like my phone is constantly blowing up with client requests that I can't accommodate or when it's so slow that I'm, getting paranoid about what somebody might have said about me on Facebook that has right. my business. I don't know harder for me to deal with. Well, trust me, I am probably swinging on that pendulum with you um, and panic on both of them. But before we get started on our core topic today, I wanted to share a marketing tip with Yay, you guys today. Tip. Yeah, so uh, last time we talked a little bit about social media. So I wanted to add to that and the importance of just consistent social media presence. So if you just sit down even once a week and plan out consistent content for your week, you can do five or seven days of content. I think that's a great number goal to shoot for. And just schedule that out for the whole week, whether if you're in Facebook, you can actually schedule those posts ahead of time, or if it feels better to you to just, you know, already have your list down and just click and post, click and post, you can save, you know, things that you like, and then just share them. So consistency with your social media will really make a big impact on your reach. So keep up those posts. That's great. And to have that list that you can draw on, because I mean, it's not like you're not on Facebook all the time anyway. I mean, you might as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I go on Facebook tonight, I will post something. So that's really, did not have to come up with that in the moment. Yes. Cause that's the hardest thing. And I will say, make sure you read everything you share because sometimes I'm like, Ooh, this sounds like a good article and I'll start reading it. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. bad stuff, bad stuff. Whereas the title and the first paragraph sounded amazing. And I was like, I can't wait to share this. And then three paragraphs in, I'm like, no, 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 we are not sharing this, this content. So what you just said is literally (laughs) life or death. Yeah. So true. You could destroy your private practice by sharing. Yes, I know. And some of it, some of it can be so inflammatory. I've read some that start sounding like really nice and comfortable to talk about. And then it's like, whoa, you just jumped off the deep end into politics or something really inflammatory. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's not share that one. I don't want to inflame, inflame my social media. Just keep it good info. and And one thing that's good about being too busy is that you have less time to spend on social media. Yeah. Reading all of those terrible articles. <laughs> right, right. So I, I know, like you were saying, the swinging the pendulum, which worse? Is it worse to be too busy or is it worse to be too slow? And I think we could probably come up with lots of pros and cons on each end of that pendulum. And it's really tough because I think both sides of it can trigger a lot of anxiety and emotional stuff and panic in us. So how do you usually deal with a more busy time in your practice? Like what are your strategies for the busier times? Yeah. And, and I would say I actually, I deal with this more 
than maybe many lactation consultants just because of where I am. So I'm in New York City. There are 25 million babies being born every day. Oh my so gosh. it's, you know, it's crazy. Like yeah. whatever it is, like there are not often enough lactation consultants even to go around. So it's often more common. And especially for me, because I'm in network with Aetna and there are only a handful of us serving a huge city. So oh, wow, it's a lot more common for me to run out of time, especially because I do a lot of follow-up with my clients. I'm seeing them multiple times. So sometimes I'm like, I just, I'm booked for the next two weeks. And I only have these certain time set aside to see clients. I have, I'm very strict on my own personal limits in terms of how many client slots I am able to give each week and still meet my other responsibilities. I found the balance that works for me and for my family's situation and what my income goals are and what my needs are. And so when I run out of slots, I run out of slots. And where I can make myself crazy when it's too big <laughs> is by responding and saying, oh, but I haven't, I posted on the WhatsApp group and said, can anybody see this client in Bushwick? And nobody responded. And so now I'm like, but she called me. I have some yeah. like, obligation to her. Now let me see if I can <laughs> fit them in. And what if I drop my kids here and then zip over there really quick. And then maybe my sitter can grab them and bring them home and I'll just leave money for pizza for everybody. And then I'm like, <laughs> and then I don't eat dinner that day. And, and, it, yeah. and I'm like, I don't know that this is worth it. I know that it's nice to have the extra money when it's busy. I find myself very tempted to try to maximize my revenue when it's busy and make a lot more money because I know that's going to help me cover those lean times. But there is a cost to me with that, but I can't look at it as just being about money and making more income because it can have a negative effect on the rest of my life. In a right. I think that's important that even in the really busy times, you still need to be reminded of the boundaries that you have for yourself. Or, you know, I think, again, everybody is so different. And some people might feel like, okay, I need to be more flexible in my busy times. And you might think about that ahead of time, like, if I've come off a lean time and I know I need to maximize income right now, these are the spots that I'm going to open up for my busy times that feel right to me. And in those times, you might be able to add one or two clients more a week that you have kind of some more flexible space. That's what I have for my practice. So I have a set time a week that is whether it's me time or office work time I have that's where I book my meetings but I also have it as kind of a flex time so if I have a busier time or some kind of urgency to see somebody specific then this is my slot that I put them in and then when that's filled that's it. <laughs> that's but good. That's but good. it's kind of a flex time for me. It's just half a day, which doesn't sound like much, but I can see one and a half people in half a day. <laughs> so like you're budgeting your time and you're saying that I'm leaving this in here because I need it, but I can give it up if I do feel like I do want to fit in another client or I'm, I have to play catch up because I just came off of a slow couple of weeks. And so maybe I you know, I now have to give up that 
office time or that admin time or personal time. And you can also take a like kind of a big picture view and say, kind of look and say, when is it busy? So I find that it's it's a very busy in October, November, December, because Absolutely. that's when all the holiday babies and Valentine's babies are born. Yes, uh, no shame in that. I've yeah. got a November baby. <laughs> So um, <laughs> myself, it's fine. It happens. Um, but it's, that's what I know. I really can't put a lot of personal, do a lot of personal projects during that time. It is going to be busy. And so then I'm going to say, okay, I need to set some, set up some extra client times because January, February, March are going to be super slow. And so then I can catch up on everything I couldn't do during October, November, December. And when I take a look back and look at it as a six month window, and not a one week window, I can see my average client volume is relatively consistent, but I'm chunking them. And another thing that I've done too, is over the years that I've done it, I I realized like a lot of people like to go on vacation in the summer and I could see more clients if I don't go on vacation at the same time as other people, which because whatever, it doesn't matter when I go on vacation, but I'm like, I realized I'm like, if I stay in town in July, I can really pick up a lot of clients and then I'll take my vacation because we're homeschoolers. I'll take my vacation in September when school yeah. starts and everybody's back for vacation. That's what I'm going to do. Right. That's nice. Um, and I'll, I'll back clean up during the last two weeks in August when everyone with half a brain has left New York city, but I'm still here <laughs> sweating and taking all the phone calls and my kids yeah. are in camp or they're at the beach with their friends and it's all good. So having that balance to say like, what does actually my life look like? Where do I have capacity to open up more time for clients and where do I need to shut it down and say, I'm going to see fewer people at this time. And one more thing is that I used to, when I was first starting out, I would go out on holidays like Christmas day because I'm like, my kids are just like playing with grandma. They're playing with their toys with grandma. I'll go out and see a client on Christmas day. And then boom, I've just added one more to my month. And that just, it all helps towards that Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's great to just be aware of the, as you start your private practice, you might not have as much awareness of when are busy times, when are slow times, but track that. I think it's super fascinating. And it's really interesting to me in my different, so I have a very diversified practice because I work in a pediatric office and I also work in private practice and and how those even have some variation in their their peak times and when we're the busiest and sometimes they don't 100% correlate which I just think is fascinating I'm like oh wow I know you would think like all when babies are being born they're all going to be seen in all these different areas but it's not always very consistent so We've been tracking that for years and years, and it's really been helpful for the slow times because I think we all panic when your schedule isn't full and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? My whole business is falling apart. Like I have three open slots this week. And it really helps to have that tracking because you're like, oh, wait, let me look back on my little graph. Like I turned it into a graph (laughs) so that I could like (laughs) literally see the little line is always shorter in this particular month. And that's, that's very reassuring because I know, okay. And then it turns and we've got more and more coming in the coming months, but but the slow times are definitely a huge challenge. I think for a lot of us, and if you are on any of the social media private practice boards, it comes up on nearly a weekly basis. And it is so regional, which I think is really interesting, Annie, because 
like somebody will be posting like, oh my gosh, it's a, you know, it's just so quiet over here. I've, I haven't gotten calls for two weeks and I'm over here like drowning and babies uh-huh. thinking, okay, could you just come down here real quick? Cause <laughs> I could use some help for sure. And then it'll flip flop. So I really find it so valuable to have a plan for your slow times because they're going to come. I mean, I think even in the busiest areas, you're uh going to have some slow times. Um, They might not be super frequent. I mean, I know for me, they're more rare now that I have very established practice and we're in network with Aetna and I also in the pediatric office as well. So there isn't a lot of time for it to be slow. But even still, I'll, I'll have weeks where all my slots might not be full. And I have a plan for that time. And I don't let my time be wasted, because I can really bring a lot of value to my company by utilizing that downtime in many different ways. It might not just be businessy ways. It might even be, okay, I've got a moment that I could rejuvenate myself and I can be better at my business if I had this downtime for myself. So I'm going to go get a massage in this two hour slot versus I didn't have anybody booked right then, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think there's so many ways that we can utilize these slow times. What are some ways that you found helpful for your slow times? I'm going to take just a minute to tell you about Kathy's upcoming course. It is called Understanding Infant Reflux and Related Conditions in Lactation Practice. Early bird pricing is open now through May 16th, and which is the day, May 16th, when all of the course content is going to open. We've got six hours of recorded videos plus an additional two SERPs. So that's eight L SERPs total for self-study work that Kathy is going to be grading and reviewing and giving you feedback on. So Kathy, you put your heart and soul into this course. I know all of the research that you did. What is one of the things that you're most excited about teaching learners in this course? Yeah, maybe we shouldn't pay any attention to occult blood in the stool. I've actually had a couple of moms on elimination diet because of a positive occult blood test in perfectly happy, healthy babies. And this makes really no sense at all. But that's one of the little take-home messages. There are many. It's filled with nuggets and gems like that. Every second of this training is going to give you things that you're going to be able to use in your private practice. So definitely sign up for that. You'll have once you're in, you're going to have all the way until May of next year to get through this content because it's stuff that you're going to want to watch and rewatch again. So we're so excited that Kathy put this course together for us. One thing that I've really found helpful is going back to the idea of taking a bigger picture view of lean times and slow times and recognizing that any freelance job that you have, any business that you're doing where you're self-employed, it's really all about the average. It's never about what's happening at any given moment. And it's kind of like when you've got that baby who is gaining well on the growth chart, but they go to the pediatrician one week 
after their last weight check and the baby didn't gain enough. And then everybody starts freaking out because the baby didn't gain enough in that week. But if you would go back next week, the baby will probably jump because when babies are gaining well, they can accordion like that. Like it's never about what happened in that week. It's always about what's happening over time. And so a way that you can really, this is something that I've just learned through experience. So my private practice as a lactation consultant is not my first time out as a freelancer. Before that, I was doing a lot of other kinds of freelance jobs, living by my wits, I used to say. I don't know how I did it, but (laughs) I would just kind of piece it together. And my husband also is a small business owner. And he has been for almost the whole time we've been together and probably my entire professional life. So 20 years that I've been not having a paid income job where I had any kind of steady income and same with my husband. And so you have to remember that your, your business is not a cash machine. So when you have a busy month and you saw like, and you're like, this is amazing. I saw however many, whatever you can imagine that huge number of clients is, whether it's 10 or whether it's 50 or whatever it is, right. what you can't yeah. do is say, that's my target. And if I don't hit that huge number every month, my business is going to fail. What you have to do is you have to say, I just had a great month. What would a bad month look like? Let's average that out and say, this is what I want to make on average each month, or this is what I want to make in 12 months. And then do regular check-ins with yourself and say, how close am I to hitting my quarterly income goal towards my, my annual income goal? Because if you start saying, even if I look and say, did I see five clients this week? No, I only saw four. I will panic. But if I take a yeah, and say, okay, it's, I'm halfway through the month and I am about halfway towards meeting my monthly client goal. Or over the last three months, the last two months, I actually got ahead. So that means that if I only, right. see, so that I means- can, if I see two fewer, I'm not, nothing bad happened. I'm average. Right. So you, it's really like for your own health, to really just not get too granularly focused on what's happening at any given moment, but really I know what's going to be possible and then pay yourself based on what your average is going to be and what your goals are, not based on what, how much money is coming into your bank account today. Cause it's going to fluctuate. I love that. You're really, you can really get very anxious and very scared and very worried. And I say that because I have felt all of those. I know, right? I always hate that like Sunday night, I'll start checking for my week. And if like all my slots aren't full, I'm like, oh my gosh, something's happened. Uh-huh. I you know, got a bad review. I start checking. I'm like, what is going on? How are my SEO doing? Like, did we not post enough social media content last week? Uh-huh. Are people not checking that? You know, like I start going down this whole list of panic moments of like, what's happening? Why am I not completely full? But it's so, I mean, I, even though we're the ones here talking about this, in all honesty, we still have those panic moments too. But it's, it's really great to have these step back moments and really look at how does your normal flow go? Where are the ups and downs? And then I love how you're talking about paying yourself for your averages, not necessarily on the one for one. And that's something that I just learned new, Annie. That's awesome. And I think I'm going to take, I'm going to take full advantage of that. I personally, for my downtimes, what I have found to be really helpful is I have some ongoing projects, projects that are 
maybe tedious. It's not something that I want to sit down and punch out or needs ongoing kind of growth to it. And so I have these just projects that I can step in and then step out of them really easily. For example, when I have a downtime and I don't feel like I'm going to do any other things like rejuvenation or plug a meeting in or anything like that, then I'll, I'll work on my text expanders. I'm like addicted to text expanders. Oh, nice. <laughs> and so I love Apple products and I do all my charting on Apple products. So it's really great because I'll start thinking about phrases that I say all the time, oral exercises that I talk about all the time or different instructions for things. And I just keep adding to my little bank of text expanders, which then when I'm really busy pays off in spades because yes. my charting is done so much faster. My care plans are done so much faster. So it's something that then makes me a better lactation consultant on the busy times. And the other one is it's marketing projects or marketing work that I need to do and kind of bumping that up on those lean times because all that's going to do is reduce the number of lean times that I have because I'm going to have more presence. I'm going to be getting more referrals. So if I don't have a client booked on a certain slot, then I might say, okay, for those two hours, I'm going to go do some face-to-face marketing. I have my marketing materials already in my vehicle. I'm just going to map out or have my assistant map out for me what OBs or pediatricians are around that area. And I'm just going to go walk in a few places. And at least I know I spent my time really paying myself back because I'll in the long run have more visits upcoming and those lean times won't be so lean in the future. They'll still come. You'll still have slow days. And I feel like we're actually doing work that's going to then pay us more. So if you're dependent on this job, you know, it's really important to use those lean times to grow your business and to make it more substantial or sustainable going forward. What I like about what you're saying is that you are expecting that your private practice business is going to require work from you that is not face-to-face client time. And so that's also really important to recognize is that when things are slow, it's actually, it might be even a good thing because you do need to do certain things to maintain your business and grow your business. And what can be really tempting, especially when you're first starting out, and this is, this really truly is the eternal freelancer's dilemma (laughs) that you just really think about, like, I get money when I do this thing. So I have to do this thing to get money. But there are other things that you can do to maximize your ability to make money in your field that you're not going to be directly compensated for, but they are still worth doing. So to look at your week and say, okay, I'm just starting out or it's slow right now. And I have X number of hours a week that are for my private practice. And that if they're not filled by a client, find some way to work for yourself. And that goes back to this idea of how you're going to look at your compensation is that the money you bring in has to pay for those times too. It has has for your, for your business development time and your marketing time and your professional development time. If you're, if it's slow, go find some free online SERP that you can get or invest back in your business and maybe, you know, pay for some continuing education or, Go network with other lactation consultants. If you, can, if you don't have anybody locally, reach out online. And it can be really scary as a freelancer to admit that things are slow. And I, and I see this in other industries. So like, for example, in the film industry, it can be death to admit that things are slow 
Right. And people will say like, well, why are they slow for you? Cause I'm getting calls and, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, like you get paranoid, it feeds the paranoia. It can, but you can say things are slow for me right now. I would love to, you know, meet with another lactation consultant or talk to you, or we have a WhatsApp group here in New York city for referrals and people will post and say, Hey, I've got an open slot for this geographic area on Wednesday, just in case anybody needs to refer out. And it's, I find it really friendly because it's admitting that we don't always, we're not always booked to the ears all the time. And you might actually be helping somebody out who's like, I just like, I really feel bad for this mom. And oh, now I can just actually just send her to my colleague. Or if you don't have local people going on in the groups and saying it's slow, I just need somebody to tell me it's going to be okay. (laughs) You know, And and we've all been there. And the more we talk about how it feels and how scary it is to be in business for yourself and how much we do all want it to be sustainable and more than just a paid hobby, you know, ideally you're building a business where if you were the only person supporting your family, whoever is in your family and whatever that family configuration is, you could say, I could do this. I could be the one paying all the bills. And I think that's a really healthy place for any entrepreneur to aim for is to say, this business needs to run. It needs to be a thing. And I think it's so important to take, you know, that's that's taking your business seriously, that you're not just, I run and see these clients and then I throw some charting together and then I'm done with it. But like really run your business like a real true life business. And that means that there's a whole bunch of behind the scenes work that has to be done to really have a sustainable company and really see each of these leaner times as blessings for you to grow those areas that you might only have smaller amounts of time on the busier weeks to work through. And I think it can be such a blessing to have this ebb and flow. And if we could flip that story that we're telling ourselves that it's so panicky and bad to have ebb and flow, but that we're in an industry that allows us to have ebb and flow and that we can maximize this for our advantage and be the awesome IBCLCs that we are. (laughs) Yeah. And because it is awesome to be an IBCLC. I mean, this is, it's great work that we do and it's rewarding. And we all came to it because we know we're chasing the high that we get when the oxytocin is flowing and everybody's feeling good and the baby is cute. The mom's like so relaxed and and we want to have that and we want to be a part of that. And I know that there are people listening to this podcast that are living in more rural areas than you or I, where we are, that are like, it's slow because there's not enough people here. And I really want to be sensitive and respectful to that, that it might not be physically possible for you to grow your business very rapidly, or you might be facing just challenges, which is, you know, low population means fewer consults. That does not mean that you can't grow your business. It means that you're looking for other opportunities and whether it is, you know, developing a corporate lactation program or coming up with a support group model that fits your geography, other ways beyond just the one-to-one consult where maybe, maybe your area it is, there is just an upper limit of the number of consults you can do in a month. And your slow times are going to, you might be listening to us talk about being busy and be like, it's never busy for me, but you can make your own kind of busy. You can grow your business. And I think this is an area that we're going to talk about in future episodes. Alternate streams of revenue. (laughs) 
<laughs> start with the cool yes. stuff. And also just to say that you, as a business owner, you're not experiencing anything that has never been felt by another business owner. I want you to remember what you say to your families when you, when you express that empathy to them, which is like, you're going through something that other people go through. And that's the same thing for being a business owner. We all feel this way. It is not industry specific. It is not just lactation consultants. It is really scary to put yourself out there in business and to hope that this business is going to sustain you and sustain your family. And it requires care and maintenance and work, but you do hard things as a lactation consultant all the time. You could do hard things for your business too. Awesome. What a great motivational. I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> that was awesome, Annie. Thank you so much. You seem to always have a great way to put all of our thoughts together in one little tidbit there. And I love it. I love it. So wrapping up today, I want to hear your tech tip for the day. Yeah, so my tech tip is something that I just recently started doing for myself, which is I finally started using a password manager. So it's one of Tell those. Tell me more. <laughs> so I never remember my passwords. I have like my passwords are never good enough, or I try to use the really long ones that my computer tells me to use. Yeah. I'm never going to remember that. Right. And, and never. so I, yeah, and I'm like, I'm old and also passwords are hard. So I did sign up for a password service, though so I chose one password. There's also LastPass is one that people use as where basically you have a master password and then that thing is, is managing all of your passwords for you across your devices. And we actually did, wow. like you have to come up, you do have to come up with your, your one password for that, but then they have like, okay, for okay. if you forgot it, you, you would still be able to find a way to get in. But they say you need to write it down and then lock it in a safe, which is like, that's a very safe oh. way to your password. And that's what we do. We have, we have it locked away. My husband found this girl who, um, if you send her $5, she rolls dice and uses the dictionary and she sends you a whole list of random words on an index card. Oh my gosh. Use those to come with your password. And so, <laughs> so we did that. And I was like, I don't know. Like she gave us these great words. So I picked three that kind of went together for me in a way, but like nobody would ever come up with these words. Oh, that's awesome. I, I told myself a story about these three words and that helps me remember them. That is hilarious. Yeah. I have never heard of that. I mean, I'm just thinking in my head as an entrepreneur, I'm like, whoa, smart entrepreneur. I know, right? Like come up with the most like random thing, but super needed. That is hilarious yep. and awesome <laughs> all at the same time. I love it. I have never used a type of password manager like that. So I'm definitely something that I'm going to look into. Are there any, because I know you're really HIPAA compliance savvy, are there any concerns or things that you would think of through HIPAA compliance with using anything like that? Is like, should we not put our HIPAA compliant things on a password or protector like that? I have no idea if that's even a relevant question, but I'm always on the HIPAA alert. No, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> ask yourself those privacy concerns and any tech solution that you're bringing into your life when you're yes. doing practice as a healthcare provider. And this is like, apart from HIPAA, whatever country you're in, you're going to be dealing with uh, privacy laws. Some kind as a healthcare of, provider. Yeah. So we have HIPAA here, but it could be GDPR, it could be the... Pipeda, I think, is, I don't know how you actually pronounce it in Canada, but that's P-I-P-E-D-A. My point oh, being okay. is that you have to ask yourself, what access does this app or technology or solution have to 
any data that I'm protecting. So password. Yeah, that's what I was curious. Access to my passwords, but it's not accessing anything inside any of the applications. So it's a very limited. Oh, okay. Awesome. Um, but like, for example, this is like way extra tech tips, but um, if you're <laughs> like tweet and you want to connect one of those like third party apps, you really have to read what are they asking to access? Because some of them are like, you have, yes. have access to all your data. And you're like, that is not okay. Cause like, I, no, no, no. Cause yeah, if you store stuff on Google docs, there you go. But having strong passwords all across the board is going to keep that client information safe and protected and secure. And that is an ethical obligation that every lactation consultant has as part of the IBLC code of professional conduct. It is incumbent upon us to protect client privacy and if you've got weak passwords, you might not be doing enough to protect your client data. So having a strong password and using a password manager that's really going to help you lock down your systems, I think is a really essential business component. Annie, that was such an awesome tip this week. I love it. And I'm going to be implementing this um, in this like very near future. And Thank what else so. are you going to be doing in the very near future for your business? And oh, you're man. Thinking of, I, of new ways to yeah. make your business stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this we're coming into busy season with holidays and now that I have myself and two other lactation consultants and an administrative assistant that all have to coordinate schedules through this time, we are having like an ultra meeting come together with mini calendars and markers and highlighters and block me here and not there and open this up and shut this down because we also have to coordinate across all the different places that we work, whether it's with our Aetna clients in the pediatrician's office, if my corporate lactation works. So it is like throwing a 4,000 balls in the air and uh, making them all land neatly. That is what we're going to try to do this week. It's definitely going to be an interesting task, but I think I we're think up for it. Perfect, and it's a perfect <laughs> example of non-compensated business time. Like, you oh, yes. to do that, but nobody's paying you to do it. It has to happen. So your busy times have to pay you to be able to take that time to do it. So... Absolutely. Absolutely. How about you? What do you have coming up? Uh, I have to do something that I need to do, whether, whether I'm busy or I'm not busy. And I can always find something I'd rather do besides this, which is download <laughs> oh, no. my, my bank statements and put them in the Dropbox folder for my accountant and sync my oh, man. and go through all the transactions Oh, just oh. talking about it. Just tedious. Oh, it's so <laughs> tedious. I know I you're like, come up. I, I have to do yes. it. Um, oh, because man. he's going to make my life better at tax time, but there are things he needs I know. for me. And if I, if I put it off, like I, I literally will put it off for 12 months and that's, that is I, good. So I, I, my, my new goal is to try to know, do it. On it's a so easy to do. And just spend, spend 10 minutes once a month instead of, like hating myself once a year. Yes. And future Annie will thank you so much. (laughs) She will thank you so much. Well, it's been so fun chatting with you today. And uh, I will look forward to our next conversation. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. You too. Bye, Leah. Bye, Annie. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.
Did you know that for just $15 a month, you can join our live Deeper Dives and also get all of our recordings back through January of 2020? Sign up today and be part of the conversation. The magic happens when you show up.